For those who don't know, Mushi is very, very, very rough. Like, it's not posh. That is, it's the opposite. That is the hood. And he grew up like that. And, you know, he went to school, he was beaten up. He got a boyfriend, he was beaten up. He went to the hotel, he was beaten up. Just staying in Nigeria alone was stifling him because of, you know, how people force religion on you. If they allowed him to let him be, who knows where he would have flourished to now. But because he was gay, specifically because he was gay, he wasn't allowed to flourish. He was beating up for who he was. And I do not agree with that at all. So I think like the whole religion and culture thing, religion trumps culture for me. I feel like a lot of people use religion as a weapon in almost every situation. Yeah, like um, I'm going to be that guy again. Um, Karl Marx, when I, Karl Marx said this quote, uh, religion is the opium of the masses. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. When the thing, funny thing is, when I was in sixth form, um, when I first saw that quote, I was Muslim. I was experimenting. Don't ask me. Mm. But <laughs> I was Muslim, and um, when I saw that quote first time, mm. it fucked my mind up because I was like, "What? Opium of the masses? This fucking communist mm. bastard? Who does he think he is?" Then then you I, you know, and I get older. I get older, and I start thinking about you see things. Um, how you see things happening, you see how stupid, how ignorant people are, and how they could be misled. Yeah. And then you just think, oh, this is a drug for you guys. You're on drugs. Like this is equivalent to somebody being like on really strong dope or something, mm-hmm. because you're not. There's no logical. It's like when people are in trouble in Nigeria, and instead of doing something, or if someone's sick, for example, instead of doing something, you just pray and be praying and be praying. And be praying, and be going to church, and be buying holy oil, be buying holy water from Jerusalem. Be praying, be praying, be praying. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you know how? Like, I'm not even trying. I don't know if this is maybe because I grew up here, but do you know how crazy it seems? Yeah, for you to know that there's a problem and there's a solution if you actually go out there and look for a solution, but you're at home praying, and you're at home. You're going to church and buying holy oil. What's the holy oil gonna do? And like. In the so let me let me ask let me ask it like let me frame it like this. Um, one of the ways I feel religion holds society back is in that of a zealous belief system where God is trying to, you know, God needs you to be so subservient. Yeah. How do you, how like do you feel in what ways do you feel the ruling class? try to use those things to their advantage. What do you mean? Like to suppress the, the poor people, basically. I don't think the ruling class use it. You don't think so? No. Unless we're talking about pastors here. No, not pastors. Cause... So... Okay, well, so for example... ruling class... So for like, example... Let's look, at, let's look at the UK. Yeah. Yeah. The ruling class would say are the upper 
upper middle class because there's upper middle and then there's middle. Sorry, just say, just say, just ignore me. But do you think they use religion as a tool? There was a time they did. How? Like um, during the um, bef- right before the when the church first split from the Catholic Church. Are you talking about Henry VIII? Yeah, in Henry VIII's period. Um, but he used it for his own personal gain. Yeah, but that's not the reason. But that's the reason. Not to oppress anyone. Okay, but but think about it this way, right? There's this belief, um, people, a lot of religious, a lot of Christian Nigerians I know, for example, have that when you're suffering, it's like God putting you uh, through trials and tribulations Mm -hmm. to get you, you know, and a lot of them even believe this to the extent where it's like, even if I die suffering is good because it means my rewards when I, in heaven, are going to be like billions of times more. That's what I mean by using it against them. But, because if you're if you're a rich not, person, that's not the ruling class enforcing it on them. I mean, so who is enforcing that on them? That's not. How is it? Please explain to me how it is the ruling class enforcing it on them. Okay, so like it's if, a it's an easy way to control society. Suffering is relative. They could be ill with a terminal terminally what's it called ill um cancer. That okay. is not the ruling class enforcing that on them. So we need to be specific here. Okay, so I mean like. Uh, okay, so I guess uh, I told you she was going to do this to me. <laughs> so, so I mean like economically, for example. Okay, but how? To So if the poor people are more concerned with praying or, be, or like keeping themselves, like keeping themselves poor, mm-hmm. uh, not keeping themselves poor, but if they're more concerned with staying poor because they feel like it's in a way some form of righteousness. Who thinks like that? Okay, so that's what the the churches sell. Okay, but who enforces that? The 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 church not, leaders. It's not the ruling class. Yeah, well, technically in Nigeria, the, the the religious leaders are probably the ruling class in a lot of ways. I don't agree at all. So it, okay, so with the Muslims, for example, you yes. don't feel in like the northern um, Muslim leaders. You don't feel like they run. What, the caliphates. Yeah, you don't feel like they run shit. I'm not sure because I'm not from the north. I can only speak about the south and the west, but. From what I know, I'm not. I'm, I really can't speak on it. You should tell me. Okay, so in the north, okay, for example, uh, Nigeria became no twelve states. I think in the northern region became um, said following Sharia law in two thousand and one. Okay. Um. After that, Boko Haram started to spread. I say this. Uh, it's not random. I say I mentioned the Boko Haram spread to say that. In that period, like it's been well documented that they brainwash a lot of that part of society in Nigeria. Like, for example, you hear of a lot of girls, like eight year olds, 10 year olds, 15 year olds being sent to do suicide bombings, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, like the main correlation they found between why they do those things is first of all, it's the religion. They believe that this is what they're meant to do for the religion. But secondly, it's also this feeling of... Uh, it's, secondly, it's because of they have no education. And you believe that comes from the ruling class? I believe it's helpful if you want to marry an eight-year-old. It's easier to keep her... If you're rich and you want to you marry an eight-year-old. You believe that comes from the caliphate? <sighs> yeah, I mean, who, who puts really that there? You really believe that comes from the caliphate? You really believe the caliphate are colluding with Boko Haram to send eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old girls to blow up themselves? Okay, not, okay so I, I can see how do that sounds... You, do you really believe it's the ruling class? I believe that they promote that. I believe they promote those ideas. That is a very wild statement to make. Making, that the caliphate in Nigeria. Making 12 states in a country. Okay, making a country that is would, meant to be 
circular in a way, in a lot of ways, making them like making twelve of the states in that country follow what, a specific law what based on religion. No, Nigeria technically should be circular. Should be. It should be. But it has never been, and it okay, never will be. But it, it it makes it worse if you make twelve states follow a specific but, law. But they were already Muslim. Yeah, but you can be Muslim. Like you can be like, uh, who is the, who who is who's like. Okay, for okay, Yoruba people in Nigeria, like a specific, a, a decent sized amount of Yoruba people are Muslim. Yes. But based on the way their their traditions are, mm-hmm. they mix it up so much that they don't ever. They like to Yoruba people are known for wanting to have a lot of fun and just live life in a decent way. They don't. Why did those Yoruba states not feel like they also had to adopt Sharia law? If you know. Well. The wild statement that you're putting out there is that by implementing these laws, they're essentially promoting the use of girls to be suicide bombers in collusion with... Essentially, they are, though. I think that's a very wild Okay, but this is... Okay, but think about it this way, right? Those laws, when they promote those laws, um, based on... If you follow, like, uh, Islam to the strictest... Like, it's, it's a peaceful religion, I agree. But there are a lot of things in the Quran and in the Hadiths which can easily be misinter- can easily be interpreted to to allow you but to that's do bad. Yeah, but that's the type of Islam they promote. But like the idea. But I think you. I think you need to understand here that they promote things that are open to interpretation. That it's not their fault. How but they don't leave it open to. No, it is because they don't leave it open to interpretation. They tell you exactly you know how they think it should be. Wild. It, I know it's wild, but I believe it strongly because first of all, there's how many yeah. how many um suicide bombers have been girls, by the way. Like where you, where are you getting this from? Um, obviously I don't have the statistics. Like this is based on reading. It's okay, so wild. this is based on reading like BBC, for example, or, like news stations. BBC because they definitely most definitely have propaganda towards. So you so you don't believe ref- not letting education spread to you don't believe not letting education um not sorry not letting girls get as much education as they can you don't believe that could contribute to mani- being able to manipulate them mentally of course it does and that's that's what i mean but by what you're arguing is that they're using religion as a tool to do this yeah they are promoting this yeah but do you really believe for example in Kad- El-Rufai, i don't know if it's kaduna or Kena. Recently, just reviewed um, primary school teachers and gave them a test, a very basic test, KS1 here, and simple maths English. And most of them, most of the teachers, about eight percent of the teachers couldn't answer the test. Wait, what percent? And he's eighty percent. I thought you said he eight. Them. He scrapped them. He was arguing to scrap them, but Nigerians were arguing that they shouldn't be scrapped. Now, tell me, how on earth does that make any sense? To, to keep teachers that cannot teach your year four students or your year eight students what two plus two is. Yeah, but I feel they would have been complaining about it more because there's no jobs, like, so they don't want anybody so to I lose. Should let, I should let an oh, illiterate teacher Of course not, of course two plus, not. Two plus two is one. But if those are the people, okay, so... And uh, he's a Northern State governor. But El Rufai is ahead of his time in a lot of ways. Really? Especially for, okay, you know Lamido Sanusi, for example? Yes. The, he's, an, he's the emir of Kano. Yes. He used to be the head of the Central Bank of Nigeria, right? Yes. He as well, if you read a lot of his writing, you see that he's also ahead of his, ahead of his people in a lot of ways. 
like in in, in the way he thinks. Like he he he's one of so the. So do you think his tra- his thinking transcends religion? I think so. Yeah. Both him and Erafai. Yeah. So then, what is your argument? Oh, my argument is like, okay, but they're not. You you have to understand. It's, What's your argument? The whole Sharia system, by making Sharia uh, something compulsory in a specific part of a country, you're promoting. You're agreeing. You're promoting the idea that. But you're not promoting that one part, are you? There are different parts of Sharia law. Yeah, but so a lot of the parts of Sharia law are problematic. So then, why part of the? Then you say that, but okay, I so wouldn't I, agree that the ruling class are enforcing this on their people. Because okay, so the thing is, I feel, I guess where I've maybe um, okay, where I need to reword my statement is like. Not when I say enforcing, it sounds as if I'm saying they are actively going out in the streets and I saying. I think you even need to change the ruling class part. Okay, so what would it's you? Not the ruling class. What would as you? As I said before, everyone has individual autonomy. Okay. Yes? You have the choice to like to make decisions to look. But at these people don't have those choices. Why don't they have the choice? Because they okay. So for example, they compulsory. They have to learn Arabic in the schools, which is is not a problem. It's a language. Um, but they in a lot of the schools they don't get taught English. Okay. In a lot of the schools, their curriculum is based very strictly based on like Islamic principles and, and stuff. And you think they are teaching their children to go out and bomb themselves? No, I don't. Think, that's the wild what, statement you put out there. Okay, I don't think they're teaching their children to go out and bomb themselves. But I think by teaching children, actually, not even because technically it's not even teaching. It's in. It's just like spoon feeding a specific um, a specific mindset it's a specific set of principles it's easier for people who would who would want to manipulate society in that way to get hold of these type of kids and you think they're purposely not teaching their children english to do this i mean why every okay so the reason i say purpose is because like these things are connected the like there's proof that the less education an area has the more likely they are to be very religious or ethnically motivated. Mm-hmm. In this part of the country, in that part of the country, in Nigeria, the education levels, especially for women, are extremely low. Mm-hmm. So is it not, doesn't it make it easier for somebody to be able to control or manipulate people if they, have, they don't even have the ability to think for themselves? Yes, but at the same time, it's not the ruling class enforcing that on them is this oh is this oh my gosh she's catching me on the ruling class okay fine but when i said ruling class why when i said ruling class earlier mm-hmm. what i was trying to say was mm-hmm. um that is in the is, is is to the benefit of the powerful members of of the powerful the ruling class of society to have a have lot you ever considered that some of these powerful women people of society especially in nigeria are not educated themselves because a lot of them aren't. Oh, no. A lot of them are not. A lot of them have good aides. A lot of them have good secretaries. A lot of them are not educated. A lot of, some of them can't speak English. So you have think... Have you ever considered that? Not, no, not really. Cause... So then it can't be the ruling class enforcing this on their people. And if they're enforcing it on their people, it's out of ignorance. Lack of education. So do you think if they had, if they were, if they understood, if they knew better, do you think they would do different? Of course. Why would you purposely want to marry off your nine-year-old daughter? Uh, well, if, what if the, even, okay, what if you're a very educated person, and but the Quran, you believe, like you follow, um, see, the Quran is, doesn't, the Quran doesn't, the Hadiths to an extent. Is, this is where, the Hadiths, this is where, 
I will argue with you because I don't believe a very educated person can follow religion down to the T. There's always going to be something that they question. Yeah, this is true. But if you but questioning it doesn't mean you look at questioning it doesn't mean you disagree. I mean you end up not following it. It just means you question it. You might so for example the Islamic scholars. There's a lot of Islamic scholars. Yeah. I've listened. I especially when I was when I used to be Muslim. I used to listen to them so religiously. Yeah. They were so intelligent. Yeah. The way they spoke was beautiful. Of course. But there were people. There were some of them who would justify, for example, marrying an eight year old. There's some of them who justify chopping off somebody's hands because they stole something. There's some of them who justify um, a woman being stoned to death, but the man not being punished for the sake when if they're caught in like an adulterous situation. Mm-hmm. But these people are extremely educated. They're some of the highest ranking people in the Islamic, you know, in the Islamic world. So in that instance, I don't feel like because they're educated, they would necessarily decide that they you know they necessarily um try and do the right things like also it's relative i was just about to say that it's very subjective the right thing is very subjective yeah like yeah as you said in an adulterous situation if um a woman is stoned to death and the man is still there you know like okay what what happens then like what does that say about society very patriarchal very very patriarchal so how do we move from there and what has made society patriarchal religion and the enforcement of religion and enforcement of culture that pride has run through both concepts and still being upheld today there are some boys that will fully fully argue with me that yes you should learn how to cook and just for your husband are you dumb I need to learn how to cook so I can eat myself, so my children can eat if I want to have kids. Who told you I want to get... Like I said, who told you I want to get married? Do you know, like, not every woman's aim is to get married. Not every woman's aim is to have children. There are some women that don't have maternal instincts whatsoever. They don't want to have a child. They see children, they squirm. And, you know, if you tell, if you say that to a conservative Nigerian parent, they might just lose it. Oh, they will probably exactly. lose it. They will, they will, but yeah. why? So that's the probably culture. Exactly. So I think it's important for you to question certain things that you learn and certain things that you hear in order to form your own identity. I think that's very, very important for me. I feel like you can't sit down and be spoon-fed like one culture. You know, like there's, for example, let's discuss how there's sort of rift between Yoruba and Iba people that sometimes when one wants to marry the other, the parents are in the ear of one saying you can't marry this person they're a thief that stereotype is carried on or you can't marry yeah. this person all they like to do is a one bear <laughs> that that stereotype is carried on do you know what i mean and it's carried on across cultures uh for, for those who don't um obviously most of you don't know one bear is, is is like uh how would you, how would you like explain partying enjoying yeah you just like to party and enjoy yourself basically but to, yeah that i think is very very toxic you can't just sit down you know and be listening to your your parents or people around you just saying things that are very very ignorant you have to think for yourself if not how do you move on in a society it's the same way jamaicans still assume that nigerians nigerian parents have an issue with them i mean the last conversation i have with my mom it sounds like <laughs> nigerian parents still have issues that's with down them. to you to change that though yeah i do i try really hard she, to do that stuff grew up in an area you know that kind of 
I don't even know where the discontentment comes and the, I don't know where the disconnection comes with Jamaicans and Nigerians because we're very very similar but at the same time I don't know where the whole conversation about you know Jamaicans being this or Nigerians being this comes from and the fact that you know I feel like our generation are going to be the ones to change that because you know we all have mixed friends well most of us have mixed friends you know, you're able to see their culture, you're able to have these discussions where you know that if your mum is trying to diss one of your friends, you have to pat on your mum. Yeah. I think that's very, very important as well. When there's something that you believe in, for example, when I stopped going to church, my mum wanted to lose it. She wanted to lose it. Because there were so many things at age 16 that I was questioning in church. You stopped going to church at 16? Yeah. 16, 17. Early, very early. Because there, there were things that were happening in my life that caused me to question church. And every time I'd be in church, I'd be infuriated. Why am I here? I'm not learning anything. And the more my mother forced me to go to church, the more I veered away from Christianity. So, you know, I had times during uni, I still went to, um, like, Bible classes and stuff just to learn. Because I, I believe that's important as well. You can't make an informed decision without having the information. So I still went. I went, I grew up in Sunday school. Every single Sunday, two o'clock, they come and pick me up from my house. I'll be back in the house at five. Every single Sunday, I didn't miss it ever. From year eight, year seven, year seven, year eight, till my adult life. So I feel like I question a lot of things, and I think that's very, very important. Like, you have to, you can't just sit there and be spoon fed, oh, you know. David did this in the Bible so you can do this too. Or King Solomon did this in the Bible so you can do this too. Or this this disciple did this so you can do this too. You have to make informed decisions for yourself. That's the reason why we have autonomy. Like, like, I've, like the thing is, I, I, I feel a big part of it seems to be laziness. in Like laziness in the sense that... I think it's, it's fear. I, I think since, you're right. Fear does play a part. But I think, okay, so for example, right? This idea of um, something is going wrong in your life. Mm. Just look to a Bible story and relate it to yourself and then it's all good. Mm. I feel like if you you should be able to, if you really wanted to use your autonomy, you should be able to search that a bit more and be like, why, you know, why, but why, like, is that the only situ- situation that applies to me? Like, for example, the a lot of pastors I've known have justified singing and shouting really loud in church by, oh, when David brought back the, the Ark of the Covenant, they danced and shouted. Mm-hmm. That's laziness. Because he will say that in church on Sunday and the whole congregation will stand up and jump and say, yes, pastor. But in reality, nobody, why is nobody... So like, I always used to feel like I'm the only person in the congregation sat there like, that's not justification for mm-hmm. shouting. That's like ancient people thousands of years ago doing bush people shit in the jungle. Mm-hmm. That's not the same as people in suits and 21st century people like... I mean, you can do it if you want, but... To just like they justify so many things, but then it's not justified according to your beliefs. But somebody else in that congregation would agree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just believe that it's down to the person to genuinely just sit down as you're hearing all of these things and actually wonder like, does this resonate with me? What are, what is my ethos? What do I believe in personally? Not what has been forced upon me. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you do that through dialogue, conversations, talking, reading, just learning. By yourself, not by what your parents have taught you, what your older brother told you, what your sister told you, what your pastor has told you. I went to a New Year's, um, was it New Year's? I went to a convention actually in a church near me. And the pastor was talking about how, um, yeah, if 
boys if you have a girlfriend and she's always nagging you and she's always asking you for money and stuff like that then you should ditch her and go and have sex with somebody else what kind of i was thinking like you know when you grow up in church you never really hear that sort of thing but now they're trying to you know do all of this prosperity preaching and relativity preaching we have spack nation now and stuff like that like you wouldn't i wouldn't in a pentecostal church you won't be seeing stuff like that do you know what i mean yeah. but now hillsong it's become a normal thing and with some people it doesn't resonate with them some people they absolutely love it some people they find you know worshiping like that is the best way for them that's the way they can relate but again it's down to you it's really down to you. Religion is some people's salvation. Like, they can't see their life without religion. They can't see their life without, you know, waking up and praying to God or going to bed, praying to God or going to a job interview, praying to God or, you know, just in general being sick and just asking God to help. Oh, Lord, please make me well without going to get medicine. I kind of see what, where you're, that, what you mean when you said fear. I see where that comes it's, in. Yeah, because there's a fear. Even as much as I think I'm rushing without, when I'm ill, I'm yeah, not gonna oh lie. Oh my gosh, no, we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. I start crying and say, when God, I'm, please. Please, open my nostrils, let me breathe. I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm so know, sorry I ever doubted you. It's a thing, but that's how, we've, that's how we've grown up. And that's some things are harder to unlearn. But I'm not gonna be ill, for example, have cancer terminally, and be sitting in my house whilst there's, what's it called? I haven't tried any radiation, I haven't tried any treatments. Because I, I personally think that's absurd. I'm not saying that. You know, let's say I was a strong believer that my faith is wavering, but I believe faith, you know, there's a saying, faith without works is dead. So, you know, if you don't go to the hospital, if you don't go to the clinic and try and clear that STD, it's not going to go away. Your body isn't self-sufficient like that. God made doctors, did he not? Yeah. Or how did they have such knowledge? Do you know what I mean? So, Like, why would he just give all the keys exactly. just for you to not use it? So, I feel, I feel like religion definitely holds not... I wouldn't say Western society because Western we're more secular, but a lot of our home countries it holds us back big time. Thank you very much, Omama, for being on the episode today. Um, I hope I haven't killed you. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen. I'll let the people decide. I know <laughs> this is listen. I'm all about. Um, this is 2018. You know, I love I love speaking about things like this because I feel like. Um, I feel like these topics are very important mm. just to get you thinking. Like, the whole aim of the podcast is just literally to get you thinking. And, you know, think about this a bit more. Nobody's saying your religion is wrong. I'm saying sometimes it's, it's fucked I, up. I'm saying you should question what you hear. And also, when the questions pop up in your mind, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. If there's something you're sitting in church and you're raising your eyebrow at, question it. If you're seeing your pastor, if if you if you know that you you know people in the church are suffering, but you're seeing your pastor drive the latest eighteen plate car, you question it, you question it, okay? Thank you and God bless. Thank you very much. Peace out. That was dope. I'm in a boy.